Protect your mouth from germs and get fresh breath with Listerine Cool Mint Antiseptic Mouthwash. It kills 99% of germs that cause bad breath for a fresher and cleaner mouth than brushing alone. Plus, the oral rinse comes in a special edition Care with Pride bottle, which champions love and equality for the LGBTQIA community. This podcast is brought to you by Listerine Cool Mint. <sighs> oh, Bumblebee, thank you so much for organizing a Zoom interview for this week. Um, that's a no worries at all. She's ready now. It's ready to go already? All right. Well, thank you again. Oh. So the delay, but uh, when I just got from trial, okay. there was oh, no way. Wow. Okay. Right after trial. Uh, uh, I mean, after the hearing and everything. I just quickly need to, I, I just need to check something really quick with my producer for a second. Now, I'm going to pop you on hold for a second, if that's okay. I'm all right. I'm all right with it. Bumblebee, am I seriously in like some weird prison Zoom with Eileen Wernos? I guess thank me later. I'm all right with it, but like I said, remember, tell, let them know that I know mm. that the cops knew who I was after Richard Mallory died. Oh no. I left prints everywhere and they covered oh, it no. up. I'm just popping you on mute right now. Oh well. Um, can you do that now? Because this is definitely not the direction we need to go with for the show. I think it's going to be more like Star Trek, beaming me up into a space vehicle, man. Then I move on, recolonize to another planet or whatever. And yep, we're still not on on mute. You said you wanted a girl boss, Luke, <laughs> and this is a girl boss. Murder, whatever you want to call it. You know? Yeah, but not one that's killed. She's killed seven people. It was used for books and movies and shit. Okay, she has killed seven straight cis white men, Luke, actually, and that is extremely girl boss. We're going to have to cut this interview. I'm not going to go into any more detail. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm not glad. even going to argue with you on this one. I'm just really confused. How do you, how do you even know Eileen? Um, my private girls' school like set up this thing to like keep us grounded, you know, where we like spoke to the less unfortunate buyer letters. Like a pen pal group. Prison pen pals, yeah. With with the serial killer. Well, I mean, I was just lucky enough to get one. Yeah. Please tell me that we have a backup option. For tonight oh, i knew you were gonna be really old-fashioned about this oh don't say that luke there we go here's your backup hopping along singing a song talking to folks about what's going on from my pond to yours the lily pad Ribbit Ribbit, welcome to the Lilypad, an unforgettable fortnightly dive into topics important to you. I'm your host, get the shoes baby, get the shoes, Luke. And for this week, we're joined by Melbourne icon, performer and events producer Dawn Lee. Thank you so much for hopping on the pod. Thank you for having me, baby. You see how I've added in that hopping <laughs> yeah. part? It's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Just running with the theme now. Running with the theme. I was like, I really like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so happy to have you on the show. I think it's it's almost incredible we haven't interviewed you on that other pod for the last i, just, I mean it, it was meant to happen but it just wasn't <laughs> yeah so i'm glad i could make it happen now i'm glad to <laughs> and for the listeners who are getting introduced to you for the first time what a pleasure for them via this podcast could you let 
our little tadpoles know a little bit about yourself as well as an exciting new little venture that's going on for you as well. Of course. Um, so I'm Dawnly. I'm a trans, I call myself the trans renaissance. Got a sweet personality with a hood mentality. <laughs> See, I was going to, the intro was going to say the OG Melbourne bad bitch is Dawnly. <laughs> That's it about me. I'm just really about community, you know, creating accessible and safe space for everyone, which I'm currently doing at the moment with my event called The Sanctuary. Yes. I'm doing alongside my friends, Brandon, Sam and Jackson. It's just good to finally have like queer events that are run and led by queer people. Mm, mm. <laughs> and that's actual, an actual accessible and safe space as well. So that's really important to us to be able to provide that for everyone and not just cis gays (laughs) yeah it's nice to know with an event when you see the people behind it yeah you can put a bit of faith that yeah (laughs) it's coming from the right place I think we've been sort of tricked a few times I hate to use that word but tricked with these events yeah no that's true because you go oh it's a safe accessible you know POC friendly event and then you kind of peek through the curtain on Facebook or whatever and you go this is these are the same white it's the same white event or venue run by the same white people and they just slapped a pretty name on it (laughs) and did that sort of vibe lead you to creating the sanctuary and and is that sort of the the starting point for you yeah it was just I was sick of feeling the black sheep in my own community Mm. like I was sick of being looked down despite how much I've done for the community being looked down just because mm. I'm a trans woman in a gay space <laughs> so I was like oh, instead of waiting for someone else to do it I'll just do it <laughs> fully you know I started creating an event alongside my friend Brandon um after we were let's go from a certain venue she came just um, for the tea this week <laughs> oh I'm going to be so honest in this <laughs> so you're gonna get a good like you know after we were at uh, you know, let go and unf- yes. like unfairly let go. Um, yeah, literally got let go at midnight and was already planning things by by one a.m. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't keep a bad bitch down. Basically, exactly that you can't, yeah. and especially when I built that place. But anyway, <laughs> I, I think people of color are really good with that. Learning to like look out for yourself, to build opportunities for yourself because they yeah. don't exist out there. Exactly that. <laughs> It makes total sense to me. And it's yeah. such spicy tea. But um, I know. <laughs> something I did want to talk to you about, it ties into Go. this, is, is <laughs> that our, bar and, our bars, our nightclubs, they're so often labelled as these safe spaces. You know, you mm-hmm. see that a lot online on event descriptions and things like that. But uh, we both know it's not always the case. No. I, I don't always feel like I'm in a safe space um, when I'm out. What do you think are the important elements, you know, that you've considered, especially with your events coming up, that, you know, actually make it a safe space? What should event organizers be thinking of? Because I think they may be just thinking of labeling it that and not what actually goes into. I don't think that they're thinking in. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think much thought is being like goes going into it. But I do know that, like, in order for things to thrive, you have to, one, have diversity, be Mm. inclusive, and you also just need to be open to critique, open to hearing from people that come from an intersection that you're not a part of. Yes. So it's very much, like, 
you can't get defensive and be like, no, but this is what, no, if they're saying that and you don't have that experience, you need to listen to them. Mm, mm. Cause yeah. I think that happens a lot too, is you can make a decision and then an actual person of color or a differently abled person will say, yeah, mm, I don't think this is right. That. And yeah, the defenses just go straight up. It's like, and you can't, you cannot be defensive, especially when you don't come from that community. Yes. Like the Melbourne gay scene, because it's all catered to gays, is, is very white. Yes. Like, and so, you know, like when they receive critiques from, you know, part of the community that, they, that they're not a part of, you shouldn't get defensive. Like you should be open to hearing so that you can also better your venue, you better your event. Mm. It, that's the thing is people like to see growth. And if you're going to be defensive, no one's going to want to support that. The trick, I think the trick is if venue owners and things like that, you may not actually care ethically about inclusivity, but we spend a lot of money when we get our drink yeah. on, when we party, if we like your venue and we feel safe in your venue, we will yeah. burn a lot of cash at your bar. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, Look at when I was working at, should I just name the venue? I will. When I was working at um, Rainbow House Club, (laughs) when I was managing, like it went from literally nothing because I worked there from a bartender before the pandemic, uh, before the lockdown last year. And I went from like just a quiet little place to like thriving once I got into the management position. It exploded. I remember so quickly. (laughs) I remember seeing that in real time. It was. Yeah. I don't like, I'm not sure if our listeners know this bar, but it was incredible to see. It was uh, sandwiched in between these other two very successful gay bars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and no one, I, I felt there was a vibe. No one really trusted it. People were like, mm. so it was like, oh my God. And then the problem was that I had with, it was other venues started to feel competitive. With, competitive. I'm not that kind mm. of, I'm not that kind of person. I'm like, we're all one family we should just like support each other. And that's what I would always do. If we got to like, if the capacity was reached at our venue, I'll tell everyone to go down to circuit yeah. or to go down to like, and you know, the 86, because I'm all about support, but there was just not given back. <laughs> now we've named all of them. We named all three. Bada boom, bada boom. We got them all. Sorry, but I'm just a very honest person. <laughs> it was so incredible to see it shift Cause I remember one night just thinking, I don't feel like Molly's. I really don't. I'm yeah. just going to go to rainbow. Maybe it'll be a laugh. I don't really fully trust it. Yeah. A- and you were behind the bar. I think Louise was behind the bar as well. And just suddenly felt, Oh shit, this is the place. Like I'm not yeah. getting nudged off the floor by white gaze. The performers were amazing. So we just started spending a lot of money there. It was also like, people were like, oh my God, you guys are doing happy hour. No one does that. I know. I, I literally walked up and down Smith Street trying to see what other bars were doing that we weren't. No one's doing a happy hour. And I was like, ran back to the venue, set up signs and everything. I was like, happy hour, happy hour. It starts in 10 minutes, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and it was but- the smartest thing ever because I had people coming in like, to the venue early earlier mm. or like coming straight after work and then staying until the shows it was amazing and just to see that vibe pay off in a financial sense i think yeah. that's like the cherry on top for creating a safe inclusive space is yeah. you eventually actually get quite a bit of success 
from it. Yeah, it was like, it was really a big deal. Like, as someone who's just always the black sheep on the scene, well, to be so like, received like my hard work to be received so well was like oh my gosh <laughs> well I loved it it's funny I, I think some people think there's like a button you can press to make something a safe space oh, you know what no. I mean like yeah. it's just like it's uh, you put a ramp in so it's accessible you're like no it, it there's more you have to do and it comes down to who's working there who's that. behind the bar who's performing and, and like, the space itself. Yeah. Like once I got into the like management position over lockdown and we came back end of last year, I was like new staff, new everything, like new shows, everything, like everything just needed to match my own morals and my, you know, mm. what I think is right. Because I was like, I can't support something if it's not going to mirror what I actually like am about. The crazy <laughs> so, thing is you could feel it. Yeah. I, I think... I think I could feel that intent when yeah. I walked in. You went, someone thought about this. Like, who's working there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me. And, um, yeah. Look it at was, how whitewashed it is now. <laughs> it was a beautiful space for a moment in time. All of four months. <laughs> <laughs> but what damage I did to my brain cells in that four months. I, oh, was, what everyone did to their brain cells in their four months. It was worth it. Ew. I just got this, like, really triggering voicemail. Triggering? All right. I mean, you should probably hear it. Can you just play it? We're in the middle of the interview, but just play it. You have one unheard message. Hi, Bumblebee. Um, I guess I'm a friend of the podcast. Um, I was just wondering, my full name got got used in the the last podcast. Um, I guess you're new to editing, that's that's cool. Um, if just in future, could you please not use my full name because I kind of need it for, you know, professional reasons. Yeah. I beeped it. I swear. Like I went to freesounds.org and I downloaded it. Did you? Yeah. It's like on my downloads. All right. Just delete the voice, ma'am. Send it some Doritos or something, okay? Yeah. Message deleted. We'll chat to Jared. He's a lawyer. He'll probably know what to do. Hey, baby girl. Luke. I, I told you to stop calling me. You shouldn't have given me your mobile number then. I didn't give you my mobile number. Okay, I don't know well, how you found it. We don't need to get into that now. I just have a serious <sighs> problem that I need to talk to you about. Is it fire related? It's not a fire this time. What it's, is it? It's about the podcast. You're doing podcasts now? I thought it would be a cute little outlet for me. What is it? It's underage drinking and breaking and entering and possibly defamation. What did you do? So I don't want to get into too much detail, but apparently we've said someone's name a whole bunch of times and they want us to cut it. But that seems like a lot of work. And my producer's an intern that I found on Gumtree. Okay. And how do you want me to help you? I was just thinking, right, what if I just write a song that's called okay. Anne Hoey. 
And then I could say, I'm actually just talking about the girly in the song. So, Luke, I don't know if you are aware of this concept of revenge porn, but creating anything with someone's image, it's just, I don't know about that. The lyrics will be very clear that I'm singing about someone that I did not go to Woodville High School with named Dan Hoey. You do like to say her name. It has a nice ring to it. Look, whatever I tell you, you're going to do it anyway. Go nuts. Um, just, just stop calling me, please. Thank you so much, baby. And Hoey is a fictional character. And I didn't go to school with the high school. Any resemblance is entirely coincidental. Something I, I've always admired about you and something I love about your presence online, particularly, is you are not afraid to call out issues within our community. And yep. be vocal about things that need change or things that you've seen or heard that have been inappropriate, you know, relating to things like visibility and, and our representation or even just people being dicks out in public <laughs> in our spaces. Have you found it difficult to balance being so vocal about issues as well as trying to be a, a positive influence on our community at the same time? Yeah, it it's was like a tricky seesaw kind of thing. It- Oh, it's so, it's difficult because a lot of people don't like to take accountability. Mm. So it's hard to be vocal about things because I would never back down on anything or whatever. Like if I believe something's wrong, I'll speak up. Like I'll speak directly to the person or, and then if, the, if nothing's changed, then I will take a public. <laughs> but like Put him on blast. Yeah. And, but I just find that, I, like I've had to kind of calm down a bit on it because I found that it was affecting my reputation negatively even mm. though even though my intentions were positive because people just don't like accountability they don't want to own up to their mistakes they don't want mm. to be the adults that they're supposed to be and so me calling them out is just not what they're wanting yeah we all make mistakes just acknowledge that and move on like mm. but that's why I'm like now trying to create opportunities not just for myself but for everyone else because I was sick of just being ostracized <laughs> I think it's some a feeling that mainly people that have been othered only yeah. really know, which is this pull to like picking battles. Do you know, sometimes yeah. I see it too, where you're like, it takes a lot of energy. You're like, should I put energy into like fighting this fight, usually in an online space where then mm. who knows what, where it's going to end up and who's going to chip their two cents in. Yeah. Or do I, do I just sit back and and it causes a bit of a like knot in your stomach sometimes because it does but that's that knot is the reason why I'm always going to be vocal because I'd rather be like othered than Mm. to be like to let things just happen takes a lot of courage and I know over the two last two years there have been times where I was in a position with a platform and saw things or heard things I didn't agree with but I didn't have the courage to put myself on the line for it. I feel that a lot. 
I, and, I still have moments like that too myself. Mm, but I right. saw people like you online and went, it usually, yeah. <laughs> honestly, you ended up catching it most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, thank God she just posted about <laughs> the poofed of things. So, yeah. so there's still people out there doing it when other people don't have the, the energy to do it themselves. So I yeah. just wanted to thank you for that. But it's, it's, it's so fucking rough sometimes. <laughs> it is. It is rough because like, then people just seem just label me as aggressive and stuff. And I'm like, mm. Oh, I'm, I was like, I, that's why I approach everything from like a calm standpoint. Well, it's the truth. <laughs> it's that, it's that cliche, the label of the angry black oh. woman, you know, or that yeah. angry POC that we want to avoid getting that reputation. But yeah. at the same time, it's like, how do you, change things how do you actually make the changes you want to see if you're not direct yeah you know i hate it there is nothing i hate more than being labeled as like aggressive or angry when i'm just being honest Mm. (laughs) there's a top tip for this week's episode is if someone's coming to you with some some tea don't tell them to like calm down or tell them they're being aggressive Look at the message first, I think. Yeah, as someone is coming at you, I think it might be smart to take a step back and (laughs) self-reflect. Because maybe, like, you didn't see it, but I see what, you know, your intentions were, like, you thought your intentions were good, but it might not have been. (laughs) Yeah, we should put some inspirational music behind that and it'll be like the, the tip. What you need to sort of interpret is you're probably not the first person they've had to raise an issue with that day or even yeah. sometimes that hour, you may yeah. be the fifth or the sixth person. And yeah. so um, imagine, put yourself in someone's position where they've had to correct, say, how to pronounce your name six times in a day. You'd be pissed yeah, by the be- seventh time. <laughs> you'd be done. <laughs> and I think that's where a lot of us come, people of color come from when we're pointing out microaggressions, for example. That, you know, privileged people don't understand the microaggressions that others are going through that's why they're like i just i'm so open to hearing people Mm. listening is such a big deal for me because listening is so important to being able to grow and i'm all about growth i'm all about you know becoming a better person and sometimes you're going to screw up and if you double call it a double whammy if you're part of more than one minority group essentially the so like opportunity- add in like all the different intersections is that what you're trying to say all of the intersections of a person's existence and yep. realize someone could get microaggressions towards your race your gender yeah. expression um your social position like where you are financially you add them all in fuck there's a lot that can piss a girl off in a day yeah and but i'm on hormones like you want me to be calm <laughs> you want me to be calm i'm trying to not cry like <laughs> There's a lot going on. Like, I got cramps. To, like, give me a break. <laughs> and and it's hard not to talk about our scene and the yeah. the arts and performing industry without mentioning COVID. Yeah. You know, we're <laughs> on Zoom right now uh, because of it as well in lockdown. And I know a lot of my friends who are in the events and, and or performers have had a really rough go. How has COVID impacted you in the last 12 months. That's such a huge question. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> I mean, just like everyone else, I've lost a lot of work. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm holding out hope. I've had like, I've had to push back 
the sanctuary launch date to October. Hopefully we'll open by then. Um, I've had to push back another event, a weekly event, a queer night that I'm doing in Southside um, at Bunny called Out. Had to push that back and we were meant to open like end of July. Like I'm not focusing on like, oh, things are having to be pushed back or I've lost work. I'm just trying to keep a positive head, you know, keep my mind not to like, so I don't fall deep into the abyss of depression and like overthinking and everything like that. It's hard, but I'm doing it. I think everyone should be thinking of their, their performers you, you see a lot of like thank you to our frontline workers and i'm not i'm not giving shit on that like that's a hard <laughs> job that is definitely one of it, yeah the it hardest would definitely things. be so difficult <laughs> but uh, also there's like forgotten people affected by this and i think who and there are like a lot of people that are in the arts also can't get government help so everyone's just, we're all just watching from outside of the club. <laughs> <laughs> Chatting to Bathsheba a couple weeks ago. Yeah. They were mentioning. I love that- Bathsheba, by the way. Can I just say that? I love Bathsheba. <laughs> they live like you can. Oh my God. <laughs> throw they like in that apartment block over there. Like other than just the financial impact, it's that connection to the community that goes yeah. away. You know, as a performer or someone that organizes events, that's how we like give back and feel like, ah, yeah. this, this cultivation of people to not have that anymore. It stings it's on sucks. top of not having money for our gigs that, and things. It's just, it's that sense of community that's also missing. And it's like, we're all just isolated at home. That's why I try to like get interactive online, like doing like mm-hmm. lives and stuff, just so I can still connect with everyone. And I think that's what's helped a lot with like me not falling into the abyss. <laughs> Whenever I see someone going live, like if it's Asia or something, yeah. I get my screen record ready just to see if like someone's doing a lip sync and they fall over. Or- <laughs> 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 I'm always ready to like capture. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love lives because you're like, they're incredible and it's such a good way to like s- see what people are up to. Yeah. But the opportunity for like things to go really crazy real oh, quick. I'm like, I want to do like live performances, then I'm like, no, I, I'm not good at technology. I know something is going to fuck Something's up. Something's going to go wrong. <laughs> something is going to go wrong. I just know it. I know it. So I'm like, I'll just stick to live. <laughs> I love. Well, I love it. I love seeing it's that. It's me. I'm, I'm the person that's like got the phone right up to my face. Right up to like, the face. <laughs> trying to like see the names of like who's trying to like join the live. I'm like, uh, no, not you. Not you. Like, mm. how do I do this? <laughs> we can cut this out, but you were also on mute for like the first three oh, minutes of this <laughs> Zoom room. <laughs> Look at us on Twitch. <laughs> Imagine if someone tuned in and it was just like us playing Fortnite. Yeah. This whole episode, that was the, the whole thing. Actually, more importantly than our other topics, <laughs> can we talk about how there's an Ariana skin in Fortnite? And like, apparently there's going to be more like more celebrities coming on. Like, I was like, a Nicki Minaj skin? I'll draw, I'll, I'll start playing. I will. I'd, I'd go for Nick. You would pick Nicki. I... Who would I like to see? I'd love a Mariah Carey. In the... I love Mariah Carey. Can we just talk about her for a moment? <laughs> if, if she was in Fortnite, her character like wouldn't have a gun, would walk at like half the speed of the others because she's so chilled out. With her fur, with her fur and dress on. Oh. <laughs> yeah. She would just stroll through. Her fur shawl. Like... Twitter's been getting spicy in lockdown, I gotta say. Twitter is getting very spicy. Everyone I... is horny. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm on blockers. Is there an alt? Does Dawnley have an alt account on on Twitter? Can I? 
I do have one, but mine is mine is like literally for my therapy session. So I remember, I each week I have like a thread in my like old account. Like no one knows what it is. It's just a, yeah. Like for, it's just for me, and wow. like each each week I have a thread where each day I post how I feel and stuff, so that I can remember when I go to see my therapist at the end of the week. <laughs> That's such a good tip. So many times I go into my psych session and I, all I can think about is like what I had for breakfast that day. Yeah. The trip to the <laughs> Yeah, like, because like, it's like, I was like, the way my ADHD is set up, I'm like, I will not remember things. So mm. it helps me just to have that, like that thread of the week. Thank you so much for hopping along onto the pod. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to, where can our listeners see you online and get news about when the sanctuary for us goes ahead well you can follow me on instagram that's at dawn lee l double e underscore um you can follow the sanctuary for us on instagram as well also follow out dot melbourne on instagram and hopefully when things open up we can all get lit (laughs) (laughs) we deserve it (laughs) we definitely deserve it you'll be be kicking me out (laughs) (laughs) i'll be getting kicked out (laughs) Thank you so much, Dawn. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, baby. And um, we will see you soon. Oh, well, that all worked out in the end, but Bumblebee, please, no more serial killers. Um, so I should cancel the interview with Tom next week? Yeah, and just to be safe, let's cancel Josh's as well. Fine. Whatever, babes, but can you please get some friends who aren't serial killers then? Because I've, like, exhausted mine. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Lilypad. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at lilypadpod for even more content. The Lilypad is written and produced by Luke Forrester, recorded on a Nokia 3310.